The process of landing investment banking job offers can often feel like a black box, which leads to confusion and anxiety for most of the candidates going through it. Hey, my name is Sam Shaw, and I'm the founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I've personally coached numerous students on how to successfully break into top-tier investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, Centerview, Evercore, and PJT Partners, just to name a few. On this podcast, I'm going to help you demystify the investment banking recruiting process by sharing what the clients of Wall Street Mastermind have done to get results like these. Enjoy this episode. I know I'm very late to the game and I'm 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 okay with that. I'm, and I roll with the punches. Yeah. I'm looking for um so so knowing that that I onboarded yesterday and I'm still looking I'm looking into middle market and obviously regional boutiques right now. Yeah. Um I understand my timeline is pretty short. Yep. I have would you say October to figure this stuff out? Uh to like get an internship you mean? To yeah, for middle market. <laughs> oh, for middle market specifically. Um Usually the way I think about it is like by the end of your first semester of junior year, you know, most of the middle market banks are done recruiting at that point. Right now, whether like, I know you just joined. So like, you know, I need to get to like understand your situation better, but I think like, if you don't have any relevant experience on your resume yet, for example, then like, that's one of the first things that we need to fix. Right. Because you can say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start like applying to all these middle market banks right now. But like, if you have no relevant experience on your resume, like that's just, it's not going to go very far. Right. And so like, right. there's like an order of operation in terms of like, Hey, you got to get, try to get at least one relevant experience on your resume, which like, if you go through the application module, like first thing, like fix up your resume and your LinkedIn profile, you can skip the cover letter for now. And then there's another training towards the end of the application module where like we show you like how to get, you know, your first um, relevant internship. You can get something like that within like one or two weeks. Yeah. I'm like, on the 10 commandments right now, but I couldn't listen to both of you at the same time. So. <laughs> no, no worries. That thing is only about an hour long. So you'll, you'll, you'll be done with that in like no time. And then like right after that, you go to the application module. Right. So like, if you're like diligent about it, you know, by mid October or whatever, like you could have this internship lined up. And then at that point you want to put it onto your resume right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost have to like, wait, wait, say that again by mid October. Like if things go well, like if you're diligent about it and you're on top yeah. of it and you like, you know, just like don't procrastinate and like, yeah, it's, it's possible. Right? Okay. Um, I'm just saying like from what we've seen from other students, right? right? And then like from there, like obviously you need to like be at the internship for at least two or three months to like actually get the experience, right? But we're going to like front run it a little bit, meaning like you're not going to wait until like you finish the internship to like put the- You put it on the resume immediately. You're going to put it on the resume immediately. And then like your bullet points are going to be more like, I guess, projected. Like this is what I think I'm going to be doing for the next several months based on- your conversation with whoever hired you and the job description and things like that, right? And you want to keep it like high level enough where you don't want to get so specific that you end up cornering yourself. Like if you get an interview and someone has your resume in front of them and they start asking you about this like super specific thing that you wrote about and you actually never did that thing, mm-hmm. then like that's when you get in trouble, yeah. right? So like, so that's what like you have to do. And so like realistically to do all of that, um, you're also gonna have to network, right? You have to like network with people to get them to like be willing to, you know, interview you. But again, same thing. Like if you start networking right away with like no relevant experience on your resume whatsoever, your response rate is going to be super low. Like most people aren't going to like want to talk to you because like they don't think you're qualified, right? So that's why, again, like once you have like at least a little bit of relevant experience on your resume, and we got to see what else you're working with, but like, mm-hmm. you know, um, we just have to put your best and most relevant experiences on your resume for now and make sure it's formatted nicely. And then like go out there and start um, applying and networking with that. And then, as you're doing that, you know, you're going to get more and more experience. Like your resume is, is a living document that's going to 
we're going to be constantly updating it, right? As you work on a project, as you help out with a deal, as you like, you're going to constantly be modifying, like, you know, adding and modifying new bullet points. Um, so, you know, we'll see, like, when you actually land something, I think like basically the way I was thinking about it for you is like between now and the end of your junior year, like before you're, you have all the way up until the summer starts to land something technically, right? Technically. It's just that the longer it takes you, the fewer good options there are going to be left. And like the further downstream, you're going to have to go to smaller and smaller firms. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why like you have to maintain that sense of urgency. Like from now until I get my summer internship, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop. Right? I'm going to like keep doing all the things I should be doing. Like it's, it's going to be a grind and it's not going to be like, you know, the funnest period of your college career or whatever. But uh, when you get the job, then, then you can kind of relax a little bit. Right. And then like, you know, it's like I was telling um, Sammy earlier, I don't know if you were on by then, or maybe you just joined after that. There are plenty of people in Wall Street Mastermind that did their junior summer internship at a smaller firm, maybe a regional boutique or middle market bank or whatever. And then like recruited again for full-time at the end of your junior summer for like, you know, bulge back early boutique bank. Okay. So that was my next question. It really, it doesn't seem like that would have a, a detrimental impact on your actually on your chance of getting a, a, a decent career in a bulge bracket. Well, I don't want to say like, there's no impact, right? right. Like, like, like it's easier You've to get it into, done. it's easier to get into a bulge bracket boutique bank through the summer internship than like to have to recruit for it during full-time, right? Like the fact of the matter is when you recruit for these firms full-time, you are fighting for the last remaining spots that have not already been given to the returning summer interns. So like if there were 10 jobs available in the class, eight or nine of them might've already been given the summer interns, right? Like if anyone doesn't accept an offer or if some interns just like didn't pan out, like they weren't very good over the summer. So they didn't get a return offer. Like that's when they're going to go out and actually like hire someone for full-time, right? So I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, oh no, like there's no difference. Like there is a difference, but I am just saying like, it's not like, hey, uh, bulge back and like boutique banks are like out of the question for you, right? For now, you just got to focus on the immediate next step in front of you, which is get the best junior summer internship you can. And even after you get the junior summer internship, because I think like your resume, if, if it's like a, a little bit lighter on experience, you can still do like, I mean, you should like, you should try to do at least two internships throughout your junior year, like during the school year, mm-hmm. right? Because then like by the time you get to the end of your junior summer, like whatever shape your resume is in at that time, that's what you're going to be recruiting with for full-time. Does that make sense? Yes. So, like, so I would start full-time recruiting in August of my senior year. That's when like most of the interviews, like, cause like, you know, the, the firms are going to wait until they know who got return offers from their summer class first to mm-hmm. know how many spots they even have to fill to determine if they're even going to recruit for full-time. But if you're going to recruit for full-time, you're not going to wait until, and, and like the, those internships end in like early August, right? But you're not going to wait until early August to start recruiting for that. Like, most likely what you will do is like, if you know, you're not planning on staying at your summer internship and you, or the same firm that you intern at, and you know, you're going to want to recruit for full-time, you're probably going to start networking like in advance of that. Right. Like you can start building those connections. And then like, no one's going to be able to like tell you for certain, uh, uh, with certainty that, yeah, we'll have a spot or no, we won't have a spot when it comes to August, but that's not the point. The point is that you're going to build those relationships first. And then when August rolls around, you're going to check back in with them. And if they like you, then like, you know, they'll, they'll be willing to help you. Right. You just want to stay on their radar basically, but you have to like, cast as wide of a net as possible because you don't know ahead of time which groups are actually going to have openings. Notice I said which group, not which firm. I didn't say like, mm-hmm. is Goldman Sachs going to hire? Like one group at Goldman Sachs might have one opening and then like the other group might have none, right? And so like right. if you only network people, if you only network with people from one group and not the other group, um, that might not be the group that ends up hiring, right? So you almost like, for full-time recruiting, you almost have to treat every single group within each bank as like their own boutique bank almost like it's, it's a separate entity for recruiting purposes. Does that make sense? That all makes sense. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
interested in discovering how you can get personalized one-on-one coaching from Wall Street Mastermind to help you beat out the massive amount of competition out there, head on over to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And the street is abbreviated to ST, so it's really wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And our team looks forward to speaking with you.